today we are going to read Acts 7, Psalm 145, and Proverbs 11. Micah, it's time to listen. You going to open in prayer? Hopi, you want to open in prayer? Nope. Oh, both of you missed your dollar. Okay. Yes! Too late tomorrow. It's not, it's not too late to pray, Mom. Yay. 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 Venus. I don't know. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For this day. For this day. Help us to love you. Help us to love you. Help us to be with you. Help us to be with you. Help us to be like you. Help us to be like you. And help us learn. And help us learn. From your Bible. From your Bible. Amen. Amen. What a nice prayer. That was now, great. Now I get to get now I get to get a dollar. Maybe. If you said yes the first time, definitely. Okay, where is Cade? Can you call brother? Can you call brother? Whoa. Mommy. This one looks like Cade, you want to do our prayer? Oh, good. Dear God, please help us have a good day and finish school really fast. And please help mommy forget about some of the school. Please help mommy, but probably not at school. And let us and please make us finish it really fast in the name of Jesus Christ. That was so good. I'm proud of you. Okay, so this is Acts seven. Then the high priest asked Stephen, are these accusations true? Do you know what happened, boys? Do you know what just happened? You guys, do you know what just happened? What happened in Acts before? Stephen was doing signs and miracles with the people, but... Some of the men from the synagogue of freed slaves started to debate with him. Do you remember who they were? The people of freed slaves. Jews from Cyrene, Alexandria, Cilicia, and the province of Asia. None of them could stand against the wisdom of the Spirit of God. And Stephen was using the Holy Spirit to to share his wisdom. Do you understand? So they, they were lying about Stephen then. And they were saying Stephen blasphemed Moses and even God. And they made the people, the elders, which were like the leaders and the teachers of the religious law, angry. It was definitely the wrong choice. <laughs> so they, they made people dislike Stephen. They actually put him in jail. And then they brought him into the into the court of law, right? They brought him before a judge. And then a lying witness, a liar, said, somebody who's lying, said, this man is always speaking against the holy temple and against the law of Moses. And they even said, we heard him say, this is the Jesus, this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy, Nazareth will destroy the temple and change the customs Moses handed to us. And so everybody in the room was staring at Stephen but guess what? His angel became bright like an angel. His it's face. Angel? Yeah, I know. It's so silly. His face became bright like an angel. So that's what just happened. And now you're going to see what happens next. The high priest says to Stephen, are these things true? No. And Stephen said, do you think he's going to be full of the Holy Spirit again? Yeah. Yeah. He said, listen to me, brothers and fathers, the glory, the God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia. Do you know where Mesopotamia is? Yeah, it's in Arctic. No, Mesopotamia is 
the land between the rivers. Yes. That's right. Before he lived in Haran, and he said to them, Go from your country and your relatives and come to the land which I will show you. Then he left the land of the Chaldeans, or Chaldeans, and settled in Haran. And from there, after his father died, God had him move to this country in which you're now living. But he gave him no inheritance in it, not even a foot of ground. And yet, he promised that he would give it to him as a possession and to his descendants after him, even though he had no child. But God spoke to this effect, that his descendants would be strangers in a land that was not there. Listen. And they would, listen. Listen. They would enslave and mistreat them. How long? How long were they in slavery? You know how many years? Times four. 400 years. And whatever nation to which they are enslaved, I myself will judge, said God. And after that, they will come out and serve me in this place. Do you think it was a good thing for the nation that was enslaving the Israelites? No. It was not because God said he would judge them. Okay, I need somebody to go get Jubilee back in here and shut the door because she is on the wrong side of the fence. Is it ever a good idea to have slaves? Nope. Do you think God always judges people that enslave other people? Yeah. What do you think, Cade? No. Yeah, God will judge people that <clears throat> oppress other people. Um, <laughs> look, do you, you might not have known what that meant, but God will judge. I know what it means. You do? What does it mean? That I think I'm still like that. No. I said you might not know what oppressing means or slavery. Do you know what slavery means? Slavery means somebody working for somebody else without paying and they can't go anywhere else. Yeah, they're forced. Right? And Mama, do you know that in George Washington, once there's lots of slaves, his wife died, he let all the slaves go. Well, yes, he did. Good. I'm glad you know that. That's Micah. It's related. Be encouraging. All right. Yeah. I found stinky binky. I think you're like yeah. I found stinky binky. Let her go. Let her down gently. Okay. After that, they will come out and serve me in this place. So God is saying, after they came out of slavery, they will come out of slavery. After 400 years. The Israelites would come out of slavery and serve God in that place. He gave, he gave him, meaning Abraham, God gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision. And so Abraham fathered Isaac and circumcised him on the eighth day. Isaac fathered, who was Isaac the daddy of? Well, I have one from the Bible. I thought it was... A father, a father, of 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 a father. Isaac was the father of Jacob, and Jacob was the father of the twelve patriarchs. The patriarchs became jealous of Joseph, and what did they do to Joseph? They were they were jealous of all his coat no, of many colors. I think when they put him in prison, they were all like, "Hey, let's watch a bam, bam, bam!" That's right. They sold him into Egypt as a slave. Yet God was with him and rescued him from all his afflictions and granted him favor and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh. Micah, Micah, you've stopped listening, so it's time for you to get back in your seat. Cade, get in your seat. The patriarchs became jealous of Joseph and sold him into Egypt, yet God was with him and rescued him from all his afflictions and granted him favor and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And what did Pharaoh do with Joseph? Was this the Pharaoh just without the body and just without the head straight up? What did Pharaoh do with Joseph in Egypt? 
What did he appoint Joseph to? Very high. What was he? He was an Egyptian king. He was the governor. Over the second in command over Egypt and the entire household of Pharaoh. Now a famine came over Egypt and Canaan, all Egypt and Canaan, and great affliction with it. And our fathers could find no food. But when Jacob heard that there was grain in Egypt, he said, Our fathers there the first time. And on the second visit, Joseph made himself known to his brothers, and Joseph's family was revealed to Pharaoh. Then, no, Hope, stop screaming at Bear. Okay, go pick it up quickly with toilet paper. No, but bad bear. Are you sure of this? Oh, bear. Oh, so what a pain. Okay, get it from bear. Um. Joseph sent word. Okay, throw it in the. T- throw it in the toilet and flush the toilet and invited his father Jacob and all his relatives to come to him. Do you know how many people came to Joseph and to Pharaoh? How many people were in Joseph's family? Do you know how many? God cares about numbers. Oh, it was a lot because basically Joseph's family was the Israelites. 75 people. That's how big Joseph's extended family was. He had a lot of brothers, didn't he? Yes. He had a lot of brothers. And they had families. So Jacob went down to Egypt, and he and our fathers died there. Mommy. And they were brought from there to Shechem and laid in the tomb, which Abraham purchased for a sum of money from the sons of Hamar and Shechem. Uh, Who was Abraham to Jacob? Good guy. Who was Abraham to Jacob? What would Jacob have called him? A witness. Do you know? Grandpa. Grandpa. That's right. So they, his grandpa purchased the tomb that they were all buried in. So do you think Abraham had a lot of money? Yeah. If he could purchase that land, I think God really blessed him. But as the time of the promise which God had assured to Abraham was approaching, the people increased and multiplied in Egypt. Until another king arose over Egypt who did not know Joseph. It was he who shrewdly took advantage of our nation and mistreated our fathers in order that they would abandon their infants in the Nile so that they would not survive. Who was this king they're talking about? Stephen. The stupid one. We don't say that word. The bad one. Who was the king? Uh, Stephen is talking about now. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me, let me think. Pharaoh. What was and his Pharaoh name? Pharaoh was like a. Uh, his name is not Pharaoh. That's what they called him. Do you uh, know what his name was? No. His name is the Israelites. Who no. was the king that um that was? Why in, you keep asking me if I don't know? That was in charge when Moses was born. the first was possibly the pharaoh when Moses was born. Isn't that King Tut? Somebody else said Tutmos the third. It could be second also. And then so this is smells like a pancake. Yeah, kind of. Somebody else thinks it was Seti the first. And the pharaoh during Exodus was Ramses the second. Interesting. That, actually, that well, seems right. I didn't even know that answer either. Ramses the, fir- Ramses the first was the Exodus king, but I don't think whatever whatever was the one during Mage On one of our other break days, can we get the same thing as this? Just different color, different size, and different shape? I don't know. There's not going to be a different color, not different size, and not different shape. Okay, listen. 
at this time Maybe not, not different size. Are you um, listening? Okay. Yeah. At this time Moses was born and he was beautiful to God. He was nurtured for 3 months in his father's home. Do you know what's happening to the Israelites in that time? The yeah. bad pharaoh was telling all the mommies when they had their babies they had to drown them in the river. What? Can you believe the pain? Of these ladies, but we don't use that word, right? And the pain of these babies. Evil Pharaoh and the pain of the babies. I'm asking you to have self-control in your mouth. Do you understand? This is fire and okay. rocket. He can basically teleport. At this time, this is verse 20. Moses was born... And he was beautiful to God. He was nurtured for three months in his father's home. And after he had been put outside, Pharaoh's daughter took him away and nurtured him as her own son. Do you remember the story? His mom put him in a basket filled with tar so it wouldn't sink and floated him down the river. But his, with tar. Yeah, but his big sister followed in the weeds on the side of the river oh, to watch. must have been very dirty. And mucky, and you And then, the well, the tar would have been dried by then. No, and then, I meant if you were walking in for her, right? It would be very mucky. Well, it's dry by the Chattahoochee River. I'm not sure what the side of the Nile looks Why like. What has Chattahoochee River got to do with the Nile? Because sometimes it's dry on the side of a river. You can walk along rivers and the bank is dry sometimes. We don't know the answer to that yeah, I question. Never heard just of like our river down there. Mm-hmm. I the the creek? I've never heard of a river. That's... And the river that we went with the Kalantros that we had a hike with and the playground. Right, the Kalantros, right? Well, okay, so I want you to listen now. I've never heard of a river that does not have so, water in it. Do you think Moses floated on the water? Yeah. Yes. And do you think that his sister was in mud or on the riverbank? In mud and on the riverbank. Who knows? We don't know. That's all I'm Probably saying. Probably both because it's in the Bible. she was in the weeds, she had to stay in the weeds, and that could have gone into the river. Well, she saw Pharaoh's daughter pick up Moses, and she said, Oh, this must be one of those Israelite babies. And then the sister ran up and said, Oh, I know somebody who can nurse the baby for you. And then so Moses got to stay back with his mommy, right? So, so Miriam saved the baby? The Was it Miriam? The, no, Miriam is the mother, I think. Oh, I'm not very good with names. Mama, was it Miriam? The first child was a girl named Miriam. That was the... Okay, Moses' parents were Levi's grandson Amram, the son of Kehot, who married Jacobed, and she bore him three children. Miriam, who was a great prophetess of the Jewish people. Aaron, the high priest of God, famous for his extraordinary love of peace. And then Moses. So you're right, Kate, it was Miriam. That was great. It's the best. Micah's not the best. Hey, let's not be competitive, but Mommy's real proud of you. I don't know. Okay, let's keep listening. I love this, that the Bible says Moses was beautiful to God. Moses was educated in all the wisdom, listen, of the Egyptians. And he was proficient in speaking and action. But when he was approaching the age of 40, which is like our, my age, it entered his mind to visit his countrymen, the sons of Israel. And when he saw one of them being treated unjustly, do you know what happened? He defended and took vengeance for the oppression the, for the oppressed man by fatally striking the Egyptians. And he thought that his brothers understood that God was granting them deliverance through him, but they did not understand. Okay, so do you guys know what happened? You're not listening. Do you know what happened? Stephen is still telling Stephen is still telling his account to the high priest. I know it's taking so long. Be patient. So he's telling an accurate account. That's what's happening. Ouch. And he's okay, let's see. On the following day he appeared to them 
as they were fighting each other, and he tried to reconcile them to peace by saying, Men, you are brothers. Why are you injuring each other? But the one who was injuring his neighbor pushed him away, saying, Who made you a ruler and judge over over us? You do not intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday, do you? At this remark, Moses fled and became a stranger in the land of Midian where he fathered two sons. So why would he flee? Because Pharaoh, because he knew people knew about what he did and then he I think the devil was making him feel ashamed. And I think that he didn't ask God for help. Stupid so devil. He, he ran away. We're, what are we trying not to say? Sorry. Okay, thank you. Um, he became a stranger in the land of Midian where he fathered two sons. So he became a father. God still blessed him because when you have children, they're a blessing and a heritage from the Lord. He said it. What did he say? Stupid. Don't, you want a spanking? You can keep saying the wrong things. You, if you want a spanking, don't follow my instructions. He said it twice now. If you want rewards, then follow my instructions. That is the way that life goes. So do you think God was angry at Moses or do you think God loved Moses still? Uh, he was kind of angry and, kind of still, and definitely still loved him. He still loved Moses. He gave him two sons. After 40 years had passed, an angel appeared to Moses in the wilderness of Mount Sinai in the flame of a burning thorn bush. Who sent an angel to Moses? Yep. When Moses saw it, what did he see? People think it was God speaking to him. When Moses saw the burning bush, what did he see? He was astonished at the sight. And as he approached to look more closely, the voice of the Lord came. Okay? So, it was the voice of the Lord, but it was an angel in the flame. Does that make sense? The voice of the Lord said, listen, I, listen, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Moses shook with fear and did not dare to look closely. But the Lord said to him, remove your sandals from your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. I've certainly seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their groaning. And I have come down to rescue them. And now come, listen, I will send you to Egypt. So do you, what do you think God is doing for Moses? Helping him? He, he's helping him. I just said that. This is his commission. This is his purpose in life. And yeah, God yeah, is giving yeah. him his calling. This Moses whom they disowned, this is Stephen still talking, <gasps> saying, who made you a ruler and a judge? is the one whom God sent to be both a ruler and a deliverer with the help of the angel who appeared to him in the thorn bush. This man led them out, performing wonders and signs in the land of Egypt and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness for 40 years. This is the Moses who said to the sons of Israel, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your countrymen. This is the one who was in the assembly in the wilderness together with the angel who spoke to him at length on Mount Sinai and who was with our fathers. And he received living words to pass on to you. Our fathers were unwilling to be obedient to him. On the contrary, they rejected him and turned back to Egypt in their hearts saying to Aaron, make us a God who will go before us for this Moses who led us out of the land of Egypt. We do not know what happened to him. And what did they do? At that time, they made a calf and brought a sacrifice to the idol and were rejoicing in the works of their hands. Blah, blah, but God... Blah. That's so disrespectful. Blah, blah, blah to them. Oh. But God turned away and gave them over to serve the heavenly lights, as it is written in the book of the prophets. You did not offer me victims and sacrifices for 40 years in the wilderness, did you, house of Israel? You also took along the tabernacle of Moloch and the star of your god Rompha, the images which you made to worship an idol. 
I also will deport you beyond Babylon. So this is God judging the Israelites for their unfaithfulness. They were like adulterers. Does that make sense? You've heard that word before? God judging the people. They were like adulterers. You've heard that word before. They were unfaithful to the Lord. Does that make sense? Yeah. Our fathers had the tabernacle of testimony in the wilderness, just as he who spoke to Moses directed him to make it according to the pattern which he had seen. Our fathers in turn received it, and they brought it in with Joshua upon dispossessing the nations that God drove out from our fathers until the time of David. David found favor, listen, in God's sight. For the house of Jacob. But it was Solomon who built a house for him. However, the Most High does not dwell in houses. Listen, this is super important. The Most High does not dwell in houses made by human hands. As the prophet says, heaven is my throne and the earth is the footstool of my feet. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what place is there for my rest? Was it not my hand that made all these things? Can you imagine how big God is if he said, Heaven is my throne and the footstool, earth is the footstool of my feet? Can you imagine God's foot fitting on the earth and his booty fitting on the heavens? (coughs) Okay, his foot hurts. You men who are stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears are always resisting the Holy Spirit. You are doing just as your father's. Which one of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? They killed those who had previously announced the coming of the righteous one. And you have now become betrayers and murderers of him. And you who received the law as ordained by angels and yet did not keep it. Okay, now listen. Even though Stephen was filled with the Holy Spirit, do you know what's going to happen? Even though he was full of the Holy Spirit, do you know what the high priest is going to do? No. Yes. So Acts 7, verse 54, what? I kill him. Yeah. Now when they heard this, they were infuriated, and they began gnashing their teeth at him. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, looked intently into heaven and saw the glory of God... And Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And do you know what he said? Do you know what he said? He said, behold, I see the heavens opened and the son of man standing at the right hand of God. Go get the spanky stick. Go get it. Both of you. But they shouted with their loud voices and covered their ears and rushed. If you don't listen to me, you will. They covered their ears and rushed at him with one mind. When they had him driven out of the city, they began stoning him. And the witnesses laid aside their cloaks at the feet of a young man named Saul. They went on stoning Stephen as he called on the Lord and said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold the sin against them. And having said that, he fell asleep. Do you know what the Lord did? What did he do? The Lord made Stephen able to pray for the people that were killing him. Is that amazing? So Stephen was a martyr. That's what's called a martyr. The first one. Okay, so now we're going to, we heard about David, right? Stephen just told us about David right before he died. What did he say about David? Um, Does Stephen die because of the rocks? He died because he was standing up for the Lord. He was ministering, telling them about Jesus, and and the devil hates Jesus. So they killed Stephen, but Stephen still prayed for them. So ultimately... That was beautiful. How did they even become the Jewish leaders if they were? They were the high priests because people have in place traditions and positions. You know you can change those traditions and positions. You can, and we should listen to 
We should listen to God. But that's what happened. Okay. Are they still that called? So, there are absolutely religious leaders that are um, not working for God. Yes, unfortunately. And there are religious leaders that are working for the Lord. Oh, cool. So um, we just heard about David, that the Holy Spirit said about David that he found favor in God's sight and asked that he would find a dwelling place for the house of Jacob, but that it was actually Solomon who built that temple. So here's David. Here's how we think like a king. Psalm 145. Kate, you better sit down. Three, two, one. Good. I will exalt you, my king, my God, the king. Listen. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise, his greatness. No one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another, and they tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. Do you agree with David? The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might, so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and give you give them their food at the proper time. You open their your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cries and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him. I love him. I'm so glad you love him. Oh, my good dad loves me. Oh, good does. Thank you. But all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. I want you to say your own praise to God. Micah, go first. Praise God! Tell him why you love him. I love God because I love him. I love him. Praise God. Okay, Kate, your turn. I love God because he made me. Amen. That's so beautiful. Okay, now we're going to learn from Proverbs 11 because it is January 11th. Mama? What, baby? What if God made someone go to hell when they were listening to Jesus Christ, but they were in hell? If they listen to Jesus and love Jesus and ask Jesus to be their Lord and Savior, there's no way for them to go to hell. They go to heaven to be with God. And if they are already in hell, then there's no way they want to Okay, ready? Listen, this is Proverbs 11. A false, listen, are you listening? Yeah. A false balance is an abomination to the Lord. But a just weight is his delight. What does that mean? If you lie, it's an abomination to God. But if you don't lie, it's a good thing to God. What else do we weigh? What else do we weigh? Can you weigh objects? Mm -hmm. Yep. What else do we weigh? weigh. Hmm? We weigh love. Can you weigh... The actions of another person? No, you stay here for the lesson. So a false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. This reminds me of when God says, don't judge another person unfairly. Right? It's the same thing. 
If you judge another person unfairly, it's an abomination to the Lord. Okay, verse 2, when pride comes, then comes dishonor. What follows pride? Dishonor. Mm-hmm. But with the humble, there's yeah. wisdom. What comes with humility? Humility comes with wisdom. Oh. The integrity of the upright. Humility is a bad thing. Humility is not thinking you're better than other people. Humility is knowing that you're not the leader, but God is. What about being humiliated? Humiliated is a different thing. It's when other people are shaming you. The opposite. Yeah. Well, you could be humbled by other people, and that's where it comes I from. Me. Well, then you need to talk to him about how to be more loving to you. Okay, verse 3. The integrity... Listen, because I'm asking you questions during this whole time. The integrity of the upright will guide them. Never mind. But the perversity of the treacherous will destroy them. If you're treacherous, that means you hurt other people, you hurt the plans of God, then you're also perverse. That means that you don't have right thinking. And that leads to destruction and death. But if you're upright, that means you live for God. What do you also have? Say we have integrity. Do you know what integrity is? No. That means doing the right thing. And and the Bible says integrity will guide you. So integrity will help you know the right decisions to make. Uh, verse 4. Riches do not benefit on the day of wrath, but righteousness rescues from death. What can rescue you from death? Righteousness. Righteousness. What is Righteousness. What is righteousness? What? It's like being right with the Lord. It's like being, it's like having every single thing that you want every day. Not really. Do you know how sometimes you guys get in a fight with mommy or daddy? Or each other. Or each other? That's not righteousness. But do you know how when you're obeying and we're getting along? And you guys are trying to do the right thing? I'm going to go get my dollar. Do you understand? But this is not talking about parents. It's talking about the Lord. Sit down. Okay, you're just going to forget about my dollar. The righteousness of the blameless will smooth his way. But the wicked will fall by his <laughs> own wickedness. That reminds me of the verse that says, like, evil people set their own trap or they fall in their own trap. Verse 6, the righteousness of the upright will rescue them, but the treacherous will be caught by their own greed. When a wicked person dies, his expectation will perish, and the hope of strong people perishes. But the righteous is rescued from trouble. Oh, wait, sorry. Verse 8, the righteous is rescued from trouble, but the wicked takes his place. With his mouth, the godless person destroys his neighbor, but through knowledge, the righteous will be rescued. Do you know what a godless person does? He uses his mouth to destroy his neighbor. How would you use, how would an evil person use their mouth to destroy their neighbor? Do you think they bite, bite their neighbor with their teeth? No. What, what would they do? They would cut them down. They would cut them down with words. They would lie about them. They would tell wrong things about their neighbor? You said lie. Does that understand? Lie about you? Nah. When things go well for the righteous, the city rejoices. And when the wicked perish, there's joyful shouting. Do you know what that means? Everybody's happy when um, the right people have good things happen to them. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Are you happy when good things happen to a cool person not a cool person but a, a good person a person who's righteous we're happy for them what was that the flower is falling apart um 
By the blessing of the of the upright, a city is exalted, but by the mouth of the wicked, it is torn down. So, how does a blessing happen? When you ask God, what do you think the upright person does to give a blessing? What what's the easiest way to bless another person, or to bless a city with your words? That's right. And so, by the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted. That means like lifted up, made better, right? But by the mouth of the wicked, it's torn down. So you have a job to do. Do you know what your job is? No. To use your mouth to give blessings to people and the places that you live and the places you visit. So you can lift the people and places up. All right, listen, verse 12. One who despises his neighbor lacks sense, but a person of understanding keeps silent. Do you know how we say it's better to say nothing at all if you don't have anything nice to say? Mm. A person of understanding keeps silent. That's what the Bible says. Verse 13, one who goes about as a slanderer reveals secrets, but one who's trustworthy conceals a matter. Verse 14, where there is no guidance, the people fall. But in an abundance of counselors, there's victory. Do you think that it's wise to get advice from smarter, wiser people? If the smarter, wiser people are actually smarter than wiser. If they're right, and then it says that there's victory in that, that means that there's winning. Verse 15, one who's a guarantor for a stranger will certainly suffer for it, but one who hates being a guarantor is secure. Do you know what that being a guarantor means? Guarantee. A gracious woman attains honor and a ruthless man attains riches. A ruthless? Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, I believe they're talking about a man who gets riches the wrong way. But, you know, Proverbs just warned us that riches don't help you in the day of judgment, right? Not physical riches. That doesn't help. A merciful person does himself good, but the cruel person does himself harm. If you have mercy for other people, mercy for situations, you do good. A wicked person earns deceptive wages, but one who sows righteousness gets a true reward. A righteous person may not have more money than a wicked person, but you do get your full reward. Verse 19, that's right. Verse 19, one who steadfast in righteousness attains life, but one who pursues evil attains his own death. The perverse in heart are an abomination to the Lord, but the blameless in their walk are his delight. So if you guys pray to the Lord and you say, God, help us be blameless in the Lord, then you are God's delight. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because you're not paying attention. What did I say? Uh, good thing is in God's way and a bad thing is not. Okay. I said if you're blameless in your walk, that means you're walking the right way. Yeah, if, that's a good, if it's a good thing, then God thinks it's good. Yeah, but he's talking about your actions. Yeah, that's okay. also what I said. No, that's not what you said. I Tell said the truth. I said a good thing and good actions is also good things. Okay. Verse 21. Be assured the evil person will not go unpunished, but the descendants of the righteous will be rescued. Verse 22, as a ring of gold in a pig's snout, so is a beautiful woman who lacks discretion. The desire of the righteous is only good, but the expectation of the wicked is wrath. Verse 24, there is one who scatters and yet increases all the more, and there is one who withholds what is justly due, and yet it results only in poverty. Um, do you know what that means? If you're generous, God will help you have even more. But if you're ungenerous, you could, you could end up not having what you need. Verse 25, a generous person will be prosperous, and one who gives others plenty of water will himself be given plenty. 
One who withholds grain, the people will curse him, but blessing will be on the head of him who sells it. Do you know what the, these couple of verses mean? They all mean the same thing. What does it mean? If you're, if you're generous, God will give you more. But if you're greedy, you'll end up with less. Exactly. This is the way the backwards kingdom of God works. <laughs> this is what the world needs to understand. If we are generous, God gives you more. And it's amazing. It works in every circumstance, in every type of thing. Money, food, things, toys. If you're generous with your things, God gives you more. That's the way the kingdom of God works. Well, if I'm generous with my things, probably you're going to give me another one of these. If you're more generous, you can have more rewards. One who diligently seeks good, seeks favor. But one who seeks evil, evil will come on him. One who trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like the green leaf. Did you understand what that meant? If you put your trust and your hope in money or your things, the Bible says you'll fall. But the righteous will flourish like the green leaf. That was generous, Kate. That's good. In verse 29, one who troubles his own house will inherit wind. What does that mean? Will inherit gas. Nothing, <laughs> right? Nothing. You'll inherit parts. Just you'll inherit gas. Silly. If, my, if I let Michael look at that all day, can, you go to, can we go to Target and get another one of these? I want you to tell me what this says. One who trusts... <laughs> wait. One who troubles his own house will inherit the wind. What does that mean? The Let Kate answer. <laughs> One who troubles his own house. What does that mean? I know. What? Basically, torturing a house that someone lives in. It means that if you're making trouble with your parents or your siblings or you're hurting property. You definitely call the police or God. That, no, it means that you'll get, <sighs> you'll inherit trouble. You'll get nothing. If you make trouble with siblings or parents or destroy property, you'll end up with nothing. Except jail. But the righteous will flourish like the green leaf. If you get along with your siblings, if you help be a peacemaker, if you obey your parents and, uh -huh. and try to honor and bless them, listen, keep listening. If you respect property, then you'll flourish like a green leaf. Yes, Kate? If I let Monica see that for... All day and all night. And can I get another one of those? I can't answer that question right now. The one who troubles his own house will inherit wind, and the foolish will be the servant to the wise-hearted. The foolish will be servant to the wise-hearted. What's the wise-hearted? The wise-hearted is God. Who are the wise-hearted? The wise-hearted people. The wise-hearted. Wise. And the priest angels. Who loves wisdom? Wise people. Wise people love wisdom. How do you get wisdom? By God. asking God. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's what I kind of said. I kind of have fear By of the Lord. Like respect of the Lord, reverence for God. What does fear mean? It, in this case, it means respecting the Lord, I having reverence fear. and respect for him. Why doesn't it say respecting the Lord? I kind of have fear then? like Because it's the translation from me. the Hebrew word. I kind of have fear like the tiger is attacking me. Because if I don't obey him, One tiger don't live in Georgia. Yeah, One. but we just learned that God is slow to anger. Right? He's slow to anger. Yeah. One tigers don't really live in Georgia. Psalm 145 says... Two only in the zoo and they're kept. Quote, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. So what? how does that mean God treats you? Good, 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 good. Like a, like a king. He's slow to anger and rich in love. And he treats us like a king. Does that mean he gives you... Lots of chances to get it right. Yeah. He gives you over and over chances to, to grow. Can you stop mumbling? See if you can answer this question. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. What does that mean? The fruit of the righteous is good. 
leads to life. What? The fruit of the righteous leads to life. So if you were a garden and you were making fruit in your garden, all your fruit would give life to people and to the things around you. It would give, give life. It would not lead to, lead to death. And do you know what it says? The one who is wise gains souls. What is it talking about? The ones who is wise gains souls. I mean... Boys? The one who is wise gains souls. What does that mean? It means the one who is wise gains souls. I don't know. What does that mean? How do you gain a soul? I don't know. Who are you gaining a soul for? God. For Jesus, right? For God. And if you're wise, how do you gain a soul? By asking God. You ask God to help the people around you grow to love him. And you tell your testimony. And you ask them, listen, and you ask them if they want to give their life to Jesus when you hear the Holy Spirit say so. Does that make sense? So how do you gain a soul? By asking Jesus. Asking Jesus to save the people that you're talking to. And you listen to the Holy Spirit so you know what to say to them. Last sentence, Cade, and then you can go to the restroom. If the righteous will be repaid on earth, how much more the wicked and the sinner? Does that make sense? There's always a consequence for our actions in this world. Mom, does apples for sugar make your poop hurt? It doesn't help. Sugar doesn't help. But if you want uh, apples to help, you've got to eat the whole apple so you get the fiber. I like bananas, so I eat bananas. Bananas are good. So do you understand what I'm saying? There's always a consequence for your actions, both here in your life now, but also in your everlasting eternal life. Does that make sense? What did I just say? What did I say? There's a consequence for your actions. Every action has a consequence, so you need to do the right thing, so you get good consequences. A plus. Okay, Cade, you can go. And help us be good all day. And help us not do too much school because I hate school sometimes. And please help mom be good at reading so that we can read all the books that we have. I love you. Amen.